exactly one month since David Avanesian defended his European welterweight title against Josh Kelly here at Wembley. We're ready to do boxing all over again. Live on Sky Sports and The Zone tonight. This time it is cruiserweight world title action. Lawrence Okoli and Zistov Glavatsky. What a main event it is. This one, of course, was scheduled for December, rescheduled now. Um, not easy to watch the, the last round mm. of Josh Kelly's fight against Avanesian. It was tough for us knowing uh, Josh. We're hoping for better fortunes for our Olympians tonight. Uh, and I think we will. You know, talking at the top, Lawrence looks very calm, relaxed, but you speak to him, he's switched on. Mm. You know, this is his op opportunity to fulfill a dream, become cruiserweight world champion, and he looks like he means business. Do you know what I mean? I don't think there's going to be any, any slip-ups tonight. Yeah, um, he's quite a heavy favourite with the bookies, but I think that's probably a little bit of a disservice to, to Glavatsky. Very experienced, yeah. only lost to two of the best cruiserweights in the world in the last five or six years. Um, has had a couple of years out of the ring. That could potentially be the difference early in this fight. Yeah, yeah, P potentially. Uh, so it is a long time out of the ring. But he sort of, we, we've touched on it before, where he is a shorter guy, you know, he's six foot, but he crouches down, he's got that wide guard, drops him right down, but he uses it to his advantage. So though you look at it and think, wow, you know, Lawrence is a good few inches taller than him, he makes it work in his favour. He can punch, he's got that experience. So it's a very dangerous fight. I lean towards Lawrence. I do think it's his time, but it is a tough, tough fight. Certainly is. Well, there are seven fights on the bill tonight. Let's take a look at the running order for the Wembley card. To start us off, two unbeaten prospects step up and look to make a name for themselves. Bradley Ray and Lee Cutler collide on Facebook. The live broadcast begins with Ramla Ali and Beck Conley's sixth round. The Ramla's coach, Joby Clayton, joins us in just a moment. Then following, we have our first title fight of the night. Won't be an easy one for Chris Billum-Smith. He fights Vassal Dutsar for the WBA Continental Cruiserweight crown. Then Ellie Scottney is back after impressing on her debut in October against the 4-1 Miley's Gangloff. Anthony Fowler meets the IBF-ranked number 15, Jorge Fortea over 10. The Machine joins us a bit later on here on the show as well. And it's been almost a year and a half out of the ring after a string of injuries, but Joe Cordina returns against Farouk Korbanov. And of course, as we just mentioned, world title action in the cruiserweight division. Lawrence Okoli and Zistov Glavatsky meet for the vacant WBO title. I'm very, very pleased to say our first guest making his debut Hello, mate. on Before the Bell is Mr. Joby Clayton, who, if you don't know, will be leading Ramblar Ali's corner tonight. Um, Joby, it's a pleasure to have you on. Known you for a little while, and uh, we've been we've been trying to get you on, but this is your time now. So welcome. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. Thank you very much. Um, I guess familiar surroundings for Ramblar, having been in this unusual environment and the atmosphere of fight um, at the back end of last year. How do you yeah. reflect on her debut performance? Yeah, I thought it was a very good performance. Um, just a great performance to build on now and um, unfortunately Ramler um, got sick before she was meant to fight on the AJ undercard but but we had a camp so that was a great time of bonding and and learning for Ramler so mm. hopefully now we can put uh, we can put it all into practice today this is a good fight yeah. Conley it really is I think it's, it's the perfect fight now, you know, with someone like Ramler's uh, great amateur pedigree, mm -hmm. to step in with an experienced pro fighter, I think it is, is the correct fight. How, how do you think this plays out? Um, well, I see Ramler putting on a polished performance. I see her outmaneuvering her opponent and mm. outspeeding her opponent mm. for a victory. Yeah. So let's talk about you, Joby. Um, there aren't many interviews with you, but you're a very interesting chap. I mean, the, the conversation we just had yeah. off air, and I hope we can kind of get a little bit into that. Um, obviously, you've, you've been in boxing for many, many years. You're, yep. not, a, you're not a new face um, to us. But just tell us a little bit about your, your background in the sport. Okay, well, I've been coaching for 30 years, amateur boxing, um, on and off professional boxing. 
and um, I run a I've been running many gyms in Wolverhampton on a bit of a down low um, only a small team normally I train I only train small teams normally and um, but that's that's me that's what I'm doing because I know one of the, um, the the lads I think I first knew you working with was Ben Whitaker, and I remember yep. meeting Ben probably five years ago now, maybe. Yeah, yeah, very very good fighter, and I think uh, very very good um, medal potential mm. at, at Tokyo yep. when it eventually comes around at last. How is Ben getting on at the moment? Yeah, um, Benjamin's my godson. Um, oh, was he really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah right. I trained his father, um, funnily enough, um, when he was boxing. Yeah. Um, don't ask how old I am. But yeah, Benjamin is flying. Um, unbelievable attitude to, to his craft and just a joy to see, joy to train, mm. you know, real pleasure. Um, do, do you think your sort of involvement with Ben um, helped with the involvement? Because I know you're part of the, the Joshua camp as well now yep. up in Sheffield. Yep. Was that the kind of link from, from Ben to, to the Joshua team? Yeah, that was kind of, Benjamin was like my best advert. And, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, well, he's good. He's so good. Well, yeah. Mm. Um, and off the back of that, AJ was messaging me and, and having conversations with me and, and one thing led to another and now I'm part of the team. Yeah. Um, how do you see um, sort of Joshua's progression since you've been working with him? Uh, did you come on board after the Ruiz uh, defeat? That's right. Yeah. That's right, yeah. So I came on board after that one and helped him prepare for the second one. Um, and I just, think, I just think that AJ now is in a, is a, in a new era of his career. I think that he's growing all the time. I mean, it's unbelievable, 31 years old, mm. to have done what he has done, to mm. achieved all the things that he's achieved, and yet he still comes into the gym and has this incredible thirst to learn. Yeah. And he has this incredible ability to learn as well. You know, it's, it's, it's not like it's, it's not just a thirst, but it's an ability to improve day in, day out. It's just a, a joy to see. I guess he... he... Having that experience in Madison Square Garden, you can say he's sort of mentally now ticked a box because he's gone over to Saudi and he's, he's sort of right that wrong. I guess that makes him more uh, of a presence now as well. You know that he's mentally tough. Have you noticed that with him? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And all the time he's working on his mentality. You know, that's, that's a key attribute that he is tapping into um, because he realises the importance of it. Mm. And I know another area of your philosophy, and that's what we were talking about backstage, is, is breathing, relaxation. Um, how important is, is that? And just tell us a little bit about it. Well, I think, um, I think at one point, sports psychology was very underestimated and in, in all sports, you know. Um, and now I think that a lot of people have sports psychologists, but I don't believe that enough is done around breathing. And I think that's a really untapped area of um, sports performance and just our performance in general. I mean, during lockdown, many, many people suffered from anxiety um, and sports people suffer from anxiety, you know, the highs and the lows of the sport. And I think the ability to be able to breathe efficiently and effectively is, is vital. Um, so much so that I normally start my training practice, you know, when, when, when I'm taking a lesson, I normally start with maybe five minutes of breathing. Really? Yeah, just to, just to hone the athlete in, to bring, right. them, to bring, them, into the, to bring them into the present. Mm. And, but also, it changes the, the, the wavelengths in their mind and it, it helps them to learn, it helps them to be comfortable and, and 
to be comfortable in an uncomfortable situation like boxing is 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 you know it's a vital thing yeah you know i mean that's that's why we that's why we hold boxers in such high esteem that they have that ability to flow in that adversity and and that's something that i really want to tap into and part of it is through breath work yeah. um and i guess as well when you're trying to do your job in the corner you need to know that an athlete is as susceptible to information that you're going to give them in a short space of time as possible the calmer they are the the better that information is going to be received absolutely absolutely not just in the corner but the calmer they are in the ring mm -hmm. you know when taking a blow um preparing their, their own attacks they have to be incredibly calm you know the, the 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 information that they have to download is you know astronomical so they really have to be focused and calm and part of that can come through efficient breath work Maybe I should do something. It might slow me down a little bit. It'd be nice if you could do that. Yeah, yeah. Just Chris diagnosed me with ADHD yesterday. Yeah. Okay. I've got, with with no medical experience whatsoever. <laughs> just, uh, but but I like how absolutely nobody's disagreed to this point. <laughs> no, no one's gone. No. Darren ADHD. I can't can't see that <laughs> at all. Um, including your wife, I might have as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you an interesting an interesting one because um, Benjamin uh, Benjamin can be, he can come into the into the gym scatterbrain mm. and something that i might get you to do darren or something that i get him to do occasionally anything is, is to do me. a five minute headstand okay and oh, he does a five minute headstand and it yeah. just <laughs> it just helps him focus and and then and then we can train properly really yeah is there, no, is, there no of, <laughs> yeah. is there no element of danger there with that much blood going to the head for, for that long no Okay. Every show now, I'm doing a headstand. 100%. We might just start the show with Darren upside down. That would be quite good. Until the running order, and then we'll flip you back over while we're doing that. Um, and then, I know you, you mentioned to us, and I, we didn't get a kind of full explanation, but you said that um, breathing through the nose is, is absolutely crucial. Is that yes. just at night, or is that... Uh, no, breathing through the, through the nose well? is how we are meant to breathe. Okay, we use our mouths for smiling and talking, and the nose is where we're meant to breathe. It... it cleans the air, it warms the air, it pressurizes the air, um, and it sends all kinds of different signals to the brain. So you, you're alluding, Chris, I take it to the fact that I, I take my mouth up at night. <laughs> I wanted you to say okay. it, not me. That's I know you so did. I don't know if you would wind me up or not. You actually, you actually do? Yes. Every night you'll tape your mouth? Every night I'll tape my mouth so the quality of my breath is greater than if I breathe through my mouth, you see. Um, and my wife loves it because it stopped me snoring okay no no joke I'm talking yeah. no jo that's another thing we could try with darren as well yeah. got so many great ideas for this jb we need to get you on every week um listen this has been so so interesting we'll have to get you on again but just to wish you all the best with rambler tonight thank you so much fun. thank you so much very, very best, very well. take care um well big night for for rambler ali but we go to a, a different side of the game next with nutrition and performance with dr scott robinson looking forward to speaking to scott he joins us after this We've done a, just a, a catch-up session um, for our testing. Scott's on board as my nutritionist and, you know, we do blood tests, VO2 max tests and lots of other tests, um, intolerance tests, just to see, you know, where I'm at, at nutrition-wise and, and body-wise. 
Dr. Scott Robinson, who's going to be working with uh, Lawrence Acoli tonight, joins us uh, leading the way in uh, nutrition and physiology in boxing. Just again, just give us a little bit of a background as to what you sort of started off doing, because I know you did work in other sports, and what drew you to the sport of boxing? Yeah, funnily enough, actually, it was Lawrence who I started working with in boxing. Uh, so I got a call from his SNC coach just after Lawrence turned pro. Um, said Lawrence is a vegan-based athlete, think he's going to be pretty good. Obviously, been to the Olympics, um, done well there, and uh, need to work on his diet a little bit. Uh, so then that's how I started in boxing, really. Right. Uh, and then after that, Lawrence obviously trained up in Sheffield for a period of time. Spoke to some of the guys there, including Cal Yafai. Cal was Birmingham-based, same as me. Got in touch with Cal. And, yeah, he's a good uh, lad from there, nice really. Guy, so you've been, yeah. on, you've been on the journey from day one, basically? Yes, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, wow. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Fantastic. I mean, Lawrence, uh, you know, he's, he's a big guy, fitting a lot into 199 and a half pounds, isn't he? Nearly six foot six. Mm. What are the challenges that he faces when you're you're trying to sort of prepare him for for a contest? Yeah, I mean, he, he's he's got high requirements on on all fronts, really, uh, particularly because he's a plant-based vegan athlete as well, uh, which certainly isn't a negative for Lawrence. Um, it helps that he's a good professional. He's he's on it with things. Um, there are certain things that we have to be careful with, um, particularly because he is vegan. Um, in terms of his vitamin mineral deficiencies, making sure he gets enough protein in, he's fueling right around his sessions, etc. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he, he's been improve camp on camp and I think it's helped that we've started early uh, so we didn't throw the kitchen sink at it right away we kind of built as the camps have gone on and, and actually now's a really good time for him to kind of peak with his nutrition his training everything else he's pretty much got this camp entirely spot on uh, so it couldn't be better timing for is him he, really. is, does he choose to be a vegan or is he doing it for the boxing um is it I think Good question. I'm not entirely sure. I think he does it because he just wants to do it. If it's a belief reason or whether it's for the boxing, or whether because he, he thinks it gives him that advantage, it's what he's most comfortable right. with doing. Um, I've obviously worked with some boxers who are vegan, some who are pesky, some who are eat meat, kind of regular more so diets, um, and it can work in various different ways for fighters, yeah. What is the perfect diet? Because I need help. <laughs> That's the golden question, isn't it? Just yeah. like, what is the perfect diet? This is this is actually set up as a therapy session for you today. Just so we're completely clear about what this is. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. I mean, you know, we look at. Uh, I, I think one of the things that we've seen a lot of your athletes doing is, is eating ice cream um, mm. in the sort of days into a fight. Look yeah. at look at him. Well, I had a funny. St I had a story with this because it's crazy. I remember once after this story happened, I was asked to eat. Uh, it was like two pancakes with ice cream and syrup. Mm -hmm. But before this, going back to when I fought Martinez, I had a bit of a wobble. It was about two days before the weigh-in. Yep. And I'd been, because I was sort of the old uh, tried and tested old school way, bring it down gradually. Mm. So about two days before the weigh-in, I was absolutely depleted. My head had gone, I just needed some sugar. So it was about midnight, and I went up to the vending machine in the hotel, I'm in New York City. Went up to the vending machine, I bought two packs of M&M's. I thought, sod it, I'm, I need something. <laughs> yeah. I ate these packs of M&M, and instantly I thought my world was going to win. I was like, what have I done that for? I woke up the next morning, and yeah. I'd lost two pounds. Wait, so talk to us about the science behind that. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> the luckiest man alive. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So go on then. Obviously, obviously, I can't give too much away. Um, but what, <laughs> what we will do is we will basically, I think a lot of the fighters who I work with, they actually look forward to the final week more so than any other week in camp because we basically reverse the diet in certain respects. And we actually put a lot more fuel and calories into 
the fighters on the final week so they're not actually depleting too much both from like a hydration and a fueling and calorie perspective as well so actually what you did there is something that's quite smart in that you've got a lot of energy in those two bags of M&Ms right. so maybe 500 maybe six, 700 calories but you're only actually taking in about 100 grams of weight Right. so yeah. actually in the final week if you want to take off five, six, seven pounds you're not going to do that through fat alone you'd need to be in a huge calorie deficit and that's mm. actually going to be negative in terms of how it affects your body on the fight week whereas if you put in high energy foods low weight that can help to artificially reduce the weight if you're pretty spot on with various of the different things I was devastated I thought what have I done I woke up well, I'll do that again and, and who knew you were smarter than <laughs> but you I've constantly realized. been eating M&M's and it seems to be slowly creeping up yeah, it doesn't work if you eat them five times a day every day though. That's, that's easy um, so you've got the, the Edge Human Performance Lab yeah. how long has that been uh, up and running uh, just over a year and a half now okay been running uh, yeah. I mean I guess I guess not a, not a great time in the last 12 months but how's yeah. everything been going for you it was like? it was good we we actually set it up just before Covid hit so probably about three months before so we just got off off the ground with it kind of got everything running and then Covid hit we had to shut it down and then obviously we opened it back up and then obviously government guidelines everything else but we can now open for elite athletes so that's that's a good thing because we do blood panels and different various checks uh, so it's been okay yeah it's been good and we've managed to have a really good stable of boxers and other athletes come through the lab as well. So you're working in football as well um, yeah. but with, a, with a few high profile footballers What's the what's the biggest sort of differences you you notice between the sort of the, the plans that you have to put in place for for boxers and for footballers? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of commonalities in terms of the fueling requirements, recovery requirements, and that side of things, and also managing body composition. But obviously, in football, the guys compete more regularly. It might be two, three times a week at the moment, particularly because of COVID and, and the kind of congested fixture schedules as well. So we need to be really on it mm. with them um, and making sure that we're kind of putting the right fuels in at the right times, emphasizing recovery, managing their body composition, managing their immunity. If they come down with COVID, obviously, because it's been a little bit more prevalent in football, obviously, because there's more players around all the time and different traveling and everything else that we need to put all these security policies in place to make sure they're protected as best as possible. But then they can also perform as good as, as best as possible too with a quick game turnaround. I guess as well, there's no one fit, one size fits all plan and, and fighters are so, so different. And yeah. we're just saying off air, you know, some are, are so dedicated you, you know you can trust them to be left roughly to their own devices but some need a lot more um, sort of care and attention one yeah. person I know is is the former is Natasha Jonas who you work mm. with a huge fight for her in about five weeks time um, how do you kind of keep her in place because this, this isn't just something you do for camp this is a, an ongoing process of maintenance for all of the athletes that you work with isn't it yeah yeah I think I think it's a case of look I, I wouldn't expect fighters to be on it 100% all the time I think that can be detrimental I think they need that respite that rest period but also not to go too a one uh, maybe you know have a week or two after the fight to kind of relax enjoy yourself but also think damage limitation and then maybe gradually wean your way back into it um, I think if you're on it too much of the time then it's gonna mm -hmm. be negative um, with Tasha I mean she's she's fantastic she's actually been on it for mm. quite a while we kind of knew something might be coming in the pipeline and so I think she put yesterday something like boxing's worst best kept secret or something yeah. like that <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah I'm really happy for it she's you know it's across the line and, and she's been really on it we did testing at the lab uh, probably around about six six weeks ago um, and ever since then she's been bang on it she literally follows a plan I'll do it Monday to Sunday breakfast lunch dinner snacks how much fluids these supplements these times and she is just spot on so she's definitely not taking anything for granted Incredible. can't wait for that one well she was so good at fight camp and, and you know just so so good to see her in another yeah. big fight isn't it too mm -hmm. so um, listen Scott this has been another Cheers, education mate. we really appreciate it I just want to wish you all the best with Lawrence tonight as thank well. you very much all the best, Cheers, mate. yeah thank Cheers. you very much take nice care one. Scott thank you um, well one man that, that never takes a day off is the machine Anthony Fowler he is in action tonight and we're very very lucky to say we've got him on the show um, 
uh, in a few moments' time. We ranked 15 in the ABF. We beat him, we ranked him three to four top governing bodies. So, say I boxed like a Sergio Garcia next, I'm, I'm not far from a world title shot, which is mad because we created a lot of stall, but it only won't big win away from it, like a big fight. So, hopefully, this, this fight opens a few doors. Obviously, if you want me to box fits in the summer, which I do myself, but I'm not, I'm not waiting around for him forever. I've been waiting for a long time now, so I want to keep moving forward and box like Sir Sergio Garcia and see how good I actually am. There are very few fighters that are relaxed enough for us to, to invite on yeah. uh, on fight day. I'm very pleased that Anthony Fowler is one of them. Good to have you on, mate. Thanks What's for coming. Chris, you're right. You're right mate. Good. Nice to see you having a, having a good breakfast this morning. And um, do you know how much you put on uh, between sort of weighing and fight day? Any, any idea? I got in bed last night at 171. Okay. I'm, I was 167 when I woke up today. So That's stone. Yeah, yeah, stone. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't want to put on too much more than that, I guess. Would you? I, I put on a stone once. I was heavy. But yeah. like again, like you said in the last piece, there, fighters are different. Yeah. yeah. As long as I'm fully hydrated, I've had all my carbs, they've all been digested. I just I need a bit lighter today because obviously yesterday mm. I'm cutting carbs for the week of the fight and stuff. So you want to get it all back in you, yeah? get all your glycogen stores up, and then obviously I've got 10 hard rounds in me now. Yeah. So what will you have then? What time will your last meal be? So if you're fighting at about 8 o'clock? Yeah. Oh, today, um, say 5. I might have like a little. A little protein bar about an hour and a half before and a yeah. banana, stuff like that. So what do you do? Once you've weighed in, just talk me through the, the sort of 12 hours after that. What do you, what do you drink and eat and, and in what um, sort of stages? I, 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 I should get these, these tablets where um, you, you sweat out like certain nutrient, like electrolytes and stuff. And then after that, replace them. And obviously, the main thing you want to do is, is drink rather than eat. Everyone thinks, oh, food. But the main thing is get the flu back in you. So I'll just drink my electrolytes and then eventually, whenever we... I know my body's back functioning a little bit better then, then I can have like a small meal, keep drinking and then like say five, six o'clock I'll have a big big, big meal and like loads of carbs, a little bit of protein just because it's, it's nice and like mainly mm. pasta bread, all that kind of stuff. I mean I can remember following you around in the amateurs for, for a couple of years and obviously you've got to stay on weight for those seven, eight mm. days of competition and hard fights as well. You prefer this process, making it once, knowing yeah. it's done, and then you can focus on one fight. Yeah, but if you can remember me as an amateur, I was a, like a, I also weighed um, 75 kilos. Yeah, right? 75. Yeah. So I used to walk around basically on the weight. I, I was never exactly yeah, struggling with like I'd share the room with Josh Kelly and he'd, he'd be sucking ice cubes and doing all stuff. I used to eat like three yeah. meals a day, so he used to hate me. <laughs> I used to think, how are you doing that? But obviously, I was like stuck in between weights. I, had, I could have made 71 kilo, but 69 on the day, it was too much. So I had to move up and I was comfy, but over the three rounds, it's about speed, and I was always naturally strong in me. So I got, I got away with it. But obviously, at the, at the elite level, I come unstuck against the top boys who were probably boiling down from like 78, 79. I, I was getting the ring 74, mm. 75 key, and they were getting the ring 78 key. So, and so it's a lot in it, half stone. You use exactly the same as me. 71, uh, 71 would have been bang on, yeah, yeah. would have been perfect yeah. for me, and I changed all the, all the mm. weight, didn't that? It was a nightmare. Oh. Uh, you looked blinding last time out. Yeah, yeah. you really you did. Looked, you really yeah. did look uh, good. You looked smart you know patient aggressive when you needed to be i guess it's going to be similar against fortua i guess yeah. from what i've seen of him he moves a lot mm. is that the plan to sort of try and get to him later on cut the ring yeah, down yeah well I, I want like you said you actually said it yesterday like people don't know about me people think i'm a one-dimensional fighter i walk in take guards phone bomb i don't i can i can count the punch i can box in the back mm. forth I got to world number three as an amateur. That's that's oh, easy. You used to be very hands that's down insane, in the early days. You mm. believe? I remember seeing it, thinking, "Wow, yeah. this is so different." Yeah. Well, well I, I basically, in my opinion, what happened? I, I turned pro. Obviously, I went with Dave Cole, who's a very experienced coach. I think he looked at me as a big, strong welterweight and fourth. Get him, get him, get get the pressure on. Don't don't let them breathe type of thing. But with my arms being so long, 
mm. I, I felt I didn't feel comfortable or close trying to work the body and get close my I like to be a bit like my range and stuff I can still keep the pressure on but at my distance where I can hit them they can hit me so I'm going to implement that tonight I'm going to back him up clever pressure work behind me jab and let him fall short not me rushing at him all the time trying to like overwhelm him I won't let him walk onto the shots because mm. me, me best shot is like a counterpunch right hand knock loads as, as an amateur as you probably remember so I want to use me skills tonight rather than me strength yeah but it's nice to, to kind of fall back on that mm. that aggression that you do have because that 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 doesn't want to be your first point of call yeah you yeah. want to use your body like you say yeah. you're number three in the world you yeah, know, yeah. you can fight you can obviously yeah, box yeah. but having that bit between your teeth when you need to that mm. bit of aggression that yeah. bit of nastiness yeah, being out of punch makes you excited yeah. makes yeah. people want to watch it's your always fight. there it's obviously if i remember losing i can just think you know what that's how it get on them just start letting bombs go and i've always got that, got that garage yell card that then big punch but i think to get to the top level i need to use my brain mm. i can't it's not all about it's all about your heart it's about your brain and the top level that's what in my yeah. opinion yeah of course it is of course it is and i suppose this would be the first year where you've been away from from sheffield for you know you've been yeah. sheffield for seven eight years i suppose oh, yeah, totally. yeah, I, yeah. So nice to have a bit of change yeah scenery. i think it's the goal with like it's it's very lonely being on your own a lot like when i was with the gb squad it's like now with the kentlaw i'm in the, the house together we're in sheffield mate i lived in this little dodgy house with like strangers <laughs> i didn't know who they was i didn't say one word to them i just get up in the morning and i was on my own all day and stuff and like like I didn't do three my day, but I didn't do it. But that's like two hours of my day. I've got twenty hours on my own, yeah, and yeah. it's a long day, innit? And like now I'm in a bit more of a team environment, and like, I just feel like I'm, I'm at home. And I think Shane's a great fit for me, and I, I just feel so much better. And I guess you got the familiarity of having a Coley there as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, just yeah. it's just seeing him. And, and I guess on fight weeks, you know, you're here with a lot of the boys. Yeah, you know, yeah. we talked about Kelly. It was it was difficult to watch a few weeks ago, but good to have Cordina here and Akoli, yeah. just that, you know, you've all been on a long journey together and that's yeah. your that's your team, isn't it, really? That's it. Yeah, they're all good lads. Me, me and Joe are close. Lon's Lon just, Lon just great. I love Lon's. Just makes you laugh, mate. Crackers, <laughs> isn't he? I've been talking about him then. I've only ever spoken to Lon's about Lon's. He doesn't talk about no. anyone else but himself. Yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> you seen, though, uh, I've just seen that clip yesterday. Have you seen he's been watching the US office? Oh, he loves me, it. Me and I can't Chris wait been, to like, talk to him about it. Yeah. Yeah. I cannot wait so, to talk to him um, about it. Right, so tonight goes the way you're expecting. Yeah. If you could map out the, the next year, how would it look? Um, I think I want to. I need to be fighting for belts. I want to fight for the British and the European. Obviously, that's me, me main goals. But I've got that. I've got that fits fight like hanging the balance. You never know what he's, he's going to do. That fella, he's obviously. I know it's hard to know. Self-complaining madman. So I'm not going to wait for him. So me, ideally, I'd like to fight the winner of Metcalf Cheeseman, yeah. just because. What it, next? Yeah, it's a natural yeah. fight, but it's with them. They're both going to be highly ranked with the ABF. They're going to either going to risk fighting me or. They're going to want to push on. So it's down to them. I'd love to fight the winner of that. I hope Metcalf wins just because it's all Liverpool fight. That'll be, that'll be massive for the city and hopefully the fans are back for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, bit of news. Uh, Boazzi obviously has moved over to train with Virgil Hunter yeah. um, in Oakland. Yeah. Um, he's a man of real loyalty and he likes he likes his kind of routine and stuff. That can't have been an easy decision for him. Um, mm. You sort of pleased to see him try something new? Yeah, well, uh, I think his last fight, it was a hard fight for him, mm. a hard fight, and I think he might just think himself, he's on a bit stale. He's been in the same setup for, for like six, seven years, and same as me, mm. and you're doing the same thing over and over again. You, you want something fresh. That's why I've went to, to Shane again, and I feel like I love boxing, and I feel like I'm learning, and I feel like I'm doing different stuff, and I think Josh is the same. I think he probably went, you know what, I've had a, I didn't feel myself last fight. I want, I want to try something new. 
And I think you see the best of him. Like, Boat, he's a great, great fighter. He can go all the way. Yeah, well, you've, you've shared many, many rounds with him. I've got, yeah. I've got plenty of them on film. They'll come out in, a, in the years <laughs> to come, but he speaks very highly of you. says how hard you punch and, and how good you yeah, are. So, yeah. listen, it's good good to see you doing well. And we wish you all the very Thanks best very for later on. Thanks so much for, best, for man, joining us. Cheers, Thank and you. Supreme CBD, check it out as well. Don't know if he mentions it enough, but... Uh, <laughs> Certainly heard it a few times. Let's hope he does better than his football team tonight anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, we'll let Anthony uh, crack on. He's got a busy night tonight and we know uh, that in six weeks' time we have got a busy schedule as well. I, I love fighting. Can't get enough of it. Joseph Parker is one of the guys I want to fight this year. Bring it on. That's what I want to do. Put him into retirement. I hope you know as the greatest of all time soon. I want to make history in this sport. I want to leave a great legacy in this sport. This fight, it could possibly be a very, very physical fight. I've always wanted to be a champion. I fought her before, but I'll prepare for every best version of Katie. Any way I think that she can come at me, then I'll have an answer for it. War, all out war. I'm going to be going in there an absolute animal. Bars. The emotion and the passion. Who want to fight me? Who want to try to beat me? So, Chisora versus Parker. Show, what a show. And Taylor versus Jonas. Do you know what? I, I was, one of my first ever jobs was at uh, London 2012. And Katie Taylor, Tasha Jonas, two of the best receptions I can remember, maybe just outstripped by the, the reception when Joshua was announced as the Olympic gold winner. But man, what a, what a week and a half that was of, of my life. And to see them uh, do it all again will be something so, so brilliant for, for boxing. Yeah, I mean, they've been so good for, for the women's game and it's great for them to get back in there. And it's a fight that so many people want to see. I mean, the women's game's going on from strength to strength. You know, we've seen so many great fights in fight camp and, you know, I've no doubt that that fight will deliver. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Chris Eubank on the bill as well. Yep. Obviously, Sam with the Sowlands. Weren't expecting him uh, to, to be on one of these. And like, I can't remember if we've had a fight week with him nope. on it. I don't think nope. we have. So nope. it'd be, be, be nice to meet him. be nice to maybe maybe get him on the show at some mm. point. Um, Dimitri Bivol. I don't know if he's been in the UK before, but good to have him. We um, see him in Monte Carlo, Ah, uh, yeah, we saw him in Monte yeah. Carlo. That's about as close as he's come, maybe. Um, uh, Craig Richards. Big, big step up for Craig Richards. But he's, he's been really good at domestic level. He's, um, he's a funny character, Craig. He's got so much self Self-belief. Mm. You know, he's got this really calm, laid-back personality, but he's a he's a big puncher. Mm. Uh, his coach Peter Sims tells me, you know, he's never felt power like it, and that he's in there with a guy that's unbelievable. Like Bivol's a very good fighter, can whack, but you know, he's yes, spiders up against it. Don't get me wrong, but he will give it everything. This is a massive shot for him. He'll go in there as a huge underdog, but. He has nothing to lose. Yeah, he's looked good since coming up to yes. 275. We wish him, uh, we wish him well. Um, and of course, next week we're heading to Gibraltar. So we're, we're quarantining overnight Tuesday. We're flying out Wednesday, and we'll be bringing you all of uh, all of the action from from there. Dillian White, Alexander Povetkin. Um, what a uh, what a life we have, eh? Jet yeah, set lucky, around the world. We? Yeah, we're yeah, certainly. Lucky. Are. I've got, I'm lucky. I've got you as a carer. Well, I, I do my very very best. <laughs> but, um, I couldn't do this job without you. Oh, by the way, 500 uh, fans. Uh, able to attend the uh, the fight next week. Tickets are on sale now. Uh, make sure you check the Matchroom website for more information. Um, I think they're going very, very fast, as you could imagine. Um, can Dillian White do that? He's got to make some big changes. Mm. You know, we broke it down recently for the zone, and there was some 
real fundamental mistakes that he made. You know, he's got to look at some things that he did wrong, i.e. his feet and his positioning. But I think if he can, uh, he can win the fight. Look, the fourth round was so in his favour. Um, if there was another minute left, I'm sure he would have got the job done. So, yeah, I, I believe he can do it, but Povetkin's no joke. Yeah. He, he proved that in the first fight and he's only ever one shot away. So I can't wait. Fantastic. Well, we'll go a little bit more into that next week. We'll be here, uh, as always, in Gibraltar, Wednesday through to Saturday night, bringing you all of the information you need to know ahead of a big one on The Rock. But tonight is all about Lawrence Okoli, his first ever world title shot, looking to write his name in the history books.